Welcome to Jadalia uh, Status Hour, Politics and Policy. My name is Mu'ayn Rabbani, and today we're very fortunate to be speaking with Hugh Roberts on Algeria. Uh, Dr. Hugh Roberts is the Edward Keller Professor of North African and Middle Eastern History at uh, Tufts University in Boston. He's one of the foremost specialists on North African history and politics, and um, particularly well-known for his expertise on Algeria. He has previously taught at a number of uh, universities, including Simon Fraser University in, uh, in Vancouver, University of East Anglia, University of Sussex, SOAS and LSE in London, and the University of California, Berkeley. He is also the author on a number of highly, very highly regarded books on Algeria, including The Battlefield, Algeria 1988-2002, Studies in a Broken Polity, and most recently, uh, Berber Government, the Kabilia Polity in Pre-Colonial Algeria, uh, which came out um, in 2017 in paperback from IB Taurus. Uh, I should also point out, Hugh was the former North Africa Project uh, Director for the International Crisis Group, in which capacity I'm also fortunate to count him as a former colleague. Hugh, uh, welcome to the show. It's very good uh, to be speaking with you. Thank you. It's good to be here. And uh, if we look at uh, the developments in Algeria in recent weeks and months, I suppose the obvious question is, how did we get here? Um, did this all start simply because uh, President Abdelaziz Bouteflika was nominated for a fifth term, or is there more playing here? Um, there's certainly been a, a, a quite a long build-up. Um, a lot of people feel he should never have had a fourth term because he was already perceived to be incapacitated before his fourth term began uh, in 2014. Um, and people were perhaps uh, taken by surprise then. They've had time to uh, focus on this issue as a scandal, which they consider to be um, a violation of the Constitution. Um, but this ha issue has, in a sense, been the focus for a lot of other resentments, um, more general, a very general resentment in Algerian society at the way they're governed, uh, at the, the way they're treated with contempt. Uh, this is a, an old complaint uh, in Algeria. They call it al-Hagra, uh, the abuse of authority that treats people with uh, contempt uh, and they feel that this uh, the plan for him to have a fifth term on top of a fourth term he should not have had because he was already incapacitated was the ultimate expression of contempt for public opinion and it was the uh, it was the last straw if you like and uh, I think at the same time uh, there have been um, the regime has um, lost ground uh, the Bouteflika presidency has lost ground. It's alienated people. There have been a lot of changes and purges. Uh, and uh, so it has been, in a sense, um, existing on an ever narrowing uh, political base. And it's now paying the price for that. If we, if we look at recent developments, there was an announcement by uh, Bouteflika that he, in response to these protests, 
that he would not seek a fifth term, but then again, also postponing elections, it appears indefinitely. And most recently, we had the formation of, of a new government. Do you see, see this as measures that can resolve the crisis or is it in a, in a sense window dressing just to try to get past these protests in order to return to business as usual? Uh, I think that there's no question of the Budaflika presidency surviving. Um, I think it is uh, dead, but not yet buried. Um, and the uh, the fact is that the his his suggestion that he would cancel his plan to have a fifth term, but uh, stay in office indefinitely through prolonging his fourth term, that has uh, gone down like lead. And the army has ultimately reacted against it. The decision by the chief of staff to call publicly, he, he phrased this as nothing more than a suggestion, but his suggestion publicly aired that the constitutional procedure should be uh, uh, implemented uh, that addresses the question of a president who is incapacitated. This means the army has finally moved to align itself with the, the popular movement, uh, and it implies that the Budaflika presidency is not going to survive. And um, uh, the question of the appointment of a new government is a separate matter um, because Bouteflika had already announced or the, the Bouteflika presidency, we don't know who is really make, making the decisions there, uh, had already announced a new prime minister who remained to name a government. Um, and I think that this new government has actually been uh, the fruit of uh, bargaining between the army commanders and the Bouteflika clique, um, and uh, is basically an apolitical government that will handle routine matters while the more important constitutional issues are addressed elsewhere. You referred both to uh, the chief of staff, Guide Salah, and to the Bouteflika clique. Does that mean that we should, we should see the Bouteflika presidency as something that exists autonomously uh, from the army, or... Or is it better? Is it better understood as the government being kind of a front for what is essentially a military regime? Could you give us a sense of the relationship between the army and the presidency? Well, uh, the, this re the relationship has now changed. Uh, the army uh, uh, under um, Lieutenant General Gaid Salah, who is the chief of staff and also deputy minister of defense, Bouteflika being the nominal. Minister of Defense. Uh, Gaitzala uh, has been loyal to Bouteflika, has supported uh, the, him having a fourth term in 2014, and initially was supportive of the plan for him to have a fifth term. Uh, and uh, the strength of the popular movement opposing this has forced the army to change its position and Gaitzala to articulate this change. Uh, so th there is now a clear division between the army commanders on the one hand and the presidency on the other. Uh, and this is new, and it is a function really of the fact that the popular movement has been able to make its point that a fifth term would simply be unconstitutional given the president's incapacity. And the army has been forced by public opinion to take account of that. In the past, the relationship was different, and one should understand that up until now, under the old 
ground rules, if you like, uh, the army has always had a decisive influence over who becomes president. Um, and uh, one question now open is whether it will continue to seek to exert that influence for the future once Bouteflika has gone. And in light of what you've, uh, what you've just said, who does Bouteflika represent? How should we understand the structures of support and the elites, if any, that still stand behind him or more broadly his presidency? Well, Bouteflika was brought back from um, the margins of political life. He was basically living abroad um, uh, 20 years ago in uh, the fall of, of 1998 to um, be the candidate of the army for the presidency once uh, his predecessor, Liamin Zerwal, had announced his intention to stand down. Uh, he was brought back by a faction of the army. Um, and uh, there was, a, if you like, an understanding. And uh, once he was in the presidency, Bouteflika, who, when he had his wits about him, was very, very wily and adroit person, very effective at maneuvering, um, did everything he could to bring on his own personal supporters, many of them from Western Algeria, and in particular from the Clemson area that he himself comes from. So there was a kind of investment in his presidency by uh, networks and coteries from Western Algeria in particular, but he had some support in Eastern Algeria too. Uh, and he uh, managed to bring about uh, a change in the um, political arithmetic in the army as well, getting people close to him, uh, promoted to senior officer rank and so forth. So he, over 20 years, he's been able to dig himself in uh, a feature of the last five or six years has been the extent to which his presidency has been developing ties with certain businessmen. Uh, there's been a definite crony capitalist aspect to the later Bouteflika presidency, uh, personified in particular by um, Ali Haddad, uh, the uh, president until recently uh, of the Employers Association. Um, and um, money has become increasingly visible um, factor in Algerian politics, uh, particularly at election times when fat cats have been able to buy their way onto party lists, including the lists of candidates put up by the once respected, but I think no longer really respected party of the FLN, uh, the old party of the National Liberation Movement. Uh, so there's been an evolution in the Bouteflika presidency. Um, in his first two terms, he, he enjoyed a good deal of popularity. It should not be forgotten. He was credited, rightly or wrongly, with um, having made key moves to end the violence of the 1990s. His discourse uh, that reminded everybody that um, whatever identity fault lines, um, Algerians really are all Arab and all Berber and all Muslim. It, it was the binding up the wounds that went down very well after the violence of the 90s. And, of course, he was lucky with the oil price for a while, um, but um, it's now fallen. He's no longer lucky. But I think, above all, um, he's alienated a previously largely favorable public opinion. He's perceived as remote and arrogant and out of touch and ultimately… And dead, some would say. Well, I mean, uh, politically dead yes. now, yes, finally. You mentioned uh, Ali Haddad, uh, the, the prominent Algerian businessman who was actually arrested uh, several days ago <clears throat> trying to cross into Tunisia. What does this say about, uh, first of all, 
the Bouteflika group, uh, that at least one prominent member is fleeing abroad. And what does it say more broadly about Algeria that he was also uh, arrested and prevented from leaving? Um, Ali Haddad, I mean, I, the case of Ali Haddad is is one of numerous cases of people previously very uh, much seen as pillars of the presidency, supporters of the presidency, who have been uh, either uh, forced out of their positions uh, or in some cases in order to preempt that have detached themselves of their own free will, so to speak from the Bouddha camp. Ali Haddad uh, lost his position in the, the Employers Association. Um, people turned against him. Uh, and I think uh, um, he understood that he had, for the time being, no future in Algeria and wanted to be able to get out of the country to sit out the next period of uh, un unrest uh, at his expense. Why he's been arrested isn't clear. Um, and I don't want to prejudge things if, in fact, judicial proceedings may be uh, being contemplated. But it's part, it seems to me, of a broader policy that I think uh, is probably um, the uh, decision of the army. Uh, the army has uh, decreed that no private aircraft may take off from, um, in, may take to the skies in Algeria. In other words, it seems to be wanting to um, uh, prevent uh, businessmen who have profited from the Bouteflika presidency from leaving the country, presumably pending some sort of inquiry into their business dealings. Um, so there's an element of menace there, if you like, uh, towards uh, people who have been benefiting from presidential favor in recent years. Thank you. Um, you've mentioned, you've referred several times in this discussion to the popular movement, uh, popular movement rather than political opposition. And it has struck a lot of people that this does seem to be a popular movement without clear political leaderships in terms of the absence of important political parties and so on. Could you speak to that, please? Sure. The, um, uh, this, the, 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 the um, demonstrations right from the beginning uh, uh, on February the 22nd were really quite stunning. They um, occurred virtually simultaneously in a large number of different places. Uh, they all exhibited the same profile. They were entirely peaceful. Uh, they expressed a fraternal uh, friendship towards uh, the police and the army. Uh, they were disarming in that respect. They were um, uh, very unprovocative in that way. And uh, this was very intelligent. Uh, and it enabled uh, the demonstrators to gain the moral initiative, the moral high ground on the moral initiative. Um, and they were very much focused on this single issue of the Bouddha presidency, initially rejecting the fifth term, the fifth, uh, uh, the, the try for a fifth term, and then rejecting the extended fourth term. Um, now, the various um, political parties that have been described as opposition parties in Algeria um, were not behind these demonstrations, and they have tried to, in a sense, row in, get uh, to uh, participate in this movement of public opinion. Um, and um, it's not at all clear um, what public opinion now feels about these parties. There's, there's no doubt that once the popular movement's main point has been taken, and it has basically been taken by the army, and we're simply waiting for the Bouteflika um, group to pack their bags and go, 
Um, the, that leaves open the question of what next. And, and this is where um, supposedly opposition parties um, are trying to regain the initiative by coming up with elaborate schemes for the transition, calling for a transition and putting forward what uh, may appear to be rather radical and not necessarily very realistic uh, proposals as to how this should be managed and, and by whom. So there is a certain tension between these uh, political parties that um, have existed for years and not really achieved very much uh, and the the bulk of public opinion that um, has operated at least initially quite independently of these political parties. It sounds like there may be more than one comparison to make here with Egypt. Um, would you care to elaborate on that? Um, yes. Um, yes, uh, there, there are. Um, I'm, I'm certainly uh, worried. I've expressed apprehension that a kind of premature radicalization of the movement will simply split it uh, and weaken the pressure that it is putting on the Algerian uh, political elite. Um, and that may well be uh, in the cards. Uh, I, at the same time, don't underestimate the uh, ability of the Algerians, including the people involved in this movement, uh, to uh, learn the lessons of Egypt. The position of the army is, is different from that of the Egyptian army, um, despite certain parallels. It is an army with a history uh, of, uh, that's rooted in the National uh, Liberation War, uh, in which uh, the fighting uh, by the army uh, was relied on the enormous, intense and massive um, assistance and support of the people. Um, it's an army, in other words, with a much more serious popular dimension than its Egyptian counterpart. Um, and I think that that is going to be a factor in the decision making within the officer corps. And and then um, looking forward again, you know, perhaps keeping um, these comparisons in the in the back of our mind, what what is your prognosis for Algeria in the coming weeks and months? And in doing so, could you perhaps also address the um, Kabili factor, given your previous interest and expertise in that in that section of the Algerian population? Sure. Let me just make a further point about Please. the Egyptian comparison. Um, a major factor in Egypt was, of course, was of course the preeminent position uh, of the Muslim Brothers. The fact that there was no political party that could function as a counterweight to the Brothers. Now that factor, which arguably uh, was prejudicial to the success of a transition to democracy doesn't obtain in Algeria. There are Islamists, but they are of quite modest um, standing. Uh, there are several Islamist parties, but none of them, if you like, frighten the rest of the political class um, at all. Uh, they have been supportive of the movement of opinion. Uh, so the Muslim brother factor as a structural factor, as it obtained in Egypt, doesn't obtain in Algeria. And that is good news for Algeria. Um, uh, because it means that um, uh, one can envisage, uh, for example, the holding of elections, pluralist elections on a free and fair basis without the result being a foregone conclusion in advance. Um, the, um, so far as prognosis is concerned, the, the, 
we're now waiting for the Bouteflika, uh, for Bouteflika to resign, for his resignation to be announced. And what we've just heard this afternoon that he has announced or his uh, minders have announced that he will resign soon, but not before he has taken a number of further measures. And I think that this is a really quite extraordinary statement. It is, I think, it risks being received as yet another expression of arrogance and contempt. Um, given his incapacitation, what further measures, having named a new government, uh, can he possibly uh, be expected to take? Um, one gets the impression that there's a kind of brinkmanship uh, bargaining process going on between the presidency and the army commanders. About the exit but conditions. About the particular exit conditions, yes. Um, um, beyond that, if that can all be got out of the way, um, his resignation enables uh, a procedure to be, um, in a sense, fast forwarded. There would be an interim head of state pending the holding of fresh presidential elections. The interim head of state would not be a candidate in those elections, would not allow, be allowed to be. Um, there's probably some maneuvering go going to go on because there's opposition to the uh, president of the upper house of the parliament uh, as the interim head of state. And it may be that he will, um, the upper house of parliament will change their president in the next days or weeks in order to bring about uh, an interim head of state that would be acceptable. Because he would be next in the constitutional pecking order. Is that correct? Well, the problem is that uh, he's seen uh, inevitably after 20 years of Bouteflika, the, the, the head of the Council of the Nation is a Bouteflika appointee seen as too close to Bouteflika. That's the problem. Um, so the popular movement would not feel confident in such a man. Um, that is what that's the opinion that, that is being expressed. My own view is that the key question and this is on uh, there's a lot of debate about it is whether um, a, pres a proper presidential election can be held um, within the next couple of months or three months at most uh, that will be regarded as legitimate and will bring in to the presidency someone who has the standing and respect in army circles and in public opinion. That is what many people are saying is needed to organize a, a credible transition that goes beyond simply getting rid of Bouteflika and actually brings about qualitative change to the political system. But you sound skeptical. No, I think it's difficult, uh, but I think that it can be done. And I, um, I'm um, a number of people who previously were expressing skepticism uh, are now calling for early presidential elections uh, and doing so because they think that the right person can be found who enjoys um, uh, credit with the military and credit with public opinion. And increasingly, people are naming uh, the former president, um, Liamin Zerawal, as a likely possibility. And he's not the only one. But I think the point is that there needs to be somebody who can bridge uh, in some degree uh, the gap between the military commanders and the and the more impatient elements of public opinion uh, and uh, as such uh, bring about a consensus on genuine change and that uh, there aren't there aren't that many people who can meet that bill uh, you going back to the opposition you've referred to the islamists who were of course a main protagonist in the civil conflict of the 1990s as being relatively marginalized uh, in, in the current events 
What of the um, uh, Socialist Forces Front and the Berber regions, which they represent? Should we expect to hear more from them as as the situation develops in Algeria? Um, we are hearing from them. Um, the uh, the demonstrations um, uh, early on in the movement back in February and continuing through March um, were um, also happened in the Kabylia region, which is the main Berber region, not far from Algiers, just uh, an hour's drive east of Algiers. There were big demonstrations in uh, the capital of Greater Kabylia, Tizuzu, big demonstrations in the capital of Lesser Kabylia, Bejaya, uh, big demonstrations in uh, southern Kabylia, in Buira and Borjbaradij and so on. So the Kabyl population joined in immediately uh, in the national uh, movement, uh, forgetting, if you like, their own identity concerns and and demonstrating along with their fellow Algerians um, on the issue of the day. What we've now seen in the last week or so is the two political parties particularly associated with Kabylia, um, the party called the Socialist Forces Front, as you mentioned, uh, and uh, the, uh, its rival, the uh, Rally for Culture and Democracy, these are kind of enemy brothers in Kabylia, they have both come out um, very critical of the army, opposed to early presidential elections. Uh, and uh, in the case of the, FF, of the Socialist Forces Front, uh, known by its French initials, the FFS, um, putting forward a very ambitious um, and uh, detailed roadmap for the transition, uh, and as such, it seems to me, trying to recover lost ground, trying to recover uh, elements of their Kabyle constituency by striking a particular pose, offering a particular commodity in the political marketplace um, characterized by radicalism and um, so on. So they, uh, in a sense, these parties have faced the challenge of reinventing themselves, given that the identity issue that they have relied on for so long is really now, uh, there's no more mileage in it or very little. Um, and, and they're doing so by striking radical poses, in a sense. If, if I could conclude with a question that seeks to place Algeria within the broader region. We now have these mass demonstrations in Algeria. We've had uh, similar demonstrations in Sudan. And some people are asking whether we are now seeing a second wave of regional upheaval in the Arab world. Do you see any validity in that observation? Or should we understand Algeria exclusively on its own terms and not try to draw broader conclusions about what is happening in the broader region? I think that uh, Algeria is uh, a very distinctive country. I doubt if the events in Sudan have had a significant role in triggering the events in Algeria or probably vice versa. Uh, but the fact that these there are these two cases happening um, um, obviously is something that is going to be watched, is being watched by the rest of, uh, of the Middle East and North Africa region um, and could have consequences. Um, I think that um, there's a good deal of interest in the Algerian story in Tunisia uh, and that um, we're in a sense, if all goes well in Algeria, the Algerian 
the Algerians will, in a sense, be catching up with their Tunisian brothers and sisters in moving towards a more democratic system and the rule of law. Uh, and that, if that happens, that will clearly uh, excite interest elsewhere. Uh, I think uh, other elsewhere is watching to see how this turns out. Uh, and until it turns out well, it won't really have a, a big multiplier effect. You do seem to um, minimize, if I can put it that way, the prospect of the current upheaval resulting in, in a new civil conflict in Algeria, anything approaching the horrific conflict that we saw in the 1990s. Uh, you do, can I confirm that you are fairly confident on that score? Um, it can't be ruled out. Of course not. Um, I think that the situation is actually quite delicately poised. Uh, the army has had to change its position. Uh, it, uh, that's under, a, under external pressure. Um, so um, there, it's legitimate to wonder how uh, solid the army command is uh, on the current basis of its position um, uh, vis-a-vis the Bouteflika presidency. And while it may be, uh, uh, there may be a clear uh, unity on that score, it doesn't mean that there will continue to be agreement in the uh, high command about subsequent moves. So uh, I think that uh, it's a mistake to try to predict what's going to happen. I don't pretend to be able to do that. I think that it's going to be a step-by-step process. Um, the army is going to operate in an empirical manner. Uh, and, of course, all the various different civilian factions are all going to try to put it under pressure and try to influence it. Uh, the game is going to be a complicated game, uh, and it uh, could take quite a long time. And I think the a key issue is whether they are able to proceed to early presidential elections within the next couple of months and certainly by the end of July. I think it will get very dangerous indeed. Uh, um, if Algeria is without a legitimate and recognized legitimate president and head of state uh, into uh, the autumn. They have to resolve that problem sooner. Otherwise, it could go badly wrong. Hugh Roberts, thank you very much for speaking with us. Thank you. Thank you.